This month on Devil Times 5, we take a zany sideways look at movies that take a zany sideways look at horror. The writer E.B. White said that analysing humour is like dissecting a frog. No one's interested and the frog dies. And based on our listening figures, that statement also works if you replace the word humour with Chinese black magic movies. <laughs> but analysing humour is what we're going to be doing today because this is our episode about spooky spoofs. I'm Cliff, this is episode 17, and my fellow devils are Bryony, CJ, Emily and Phil. Hello. Hey. Hi. Uh, but before we start looking at the uh, the comedy stuff, what are our highs and lows of the last month of horror watching? We shall start with CJ. Oh God, why me? I, I don't think I actually have a highlight this month. I don't think I've watched a single good horror film. Um... I think I'm starting to get to the point where I believe that all the good horror films I've either watched or they haven't been made yet, because I'm really getting to the bottom of the barrel. Like, my low light was a film called Knuckle Bones. I'm not sure if any of you have seen Knuckle Bones. <laughs> no, like, no, no. Please don't. It is so bad. Like, it's a 70-minute movie with two prologues, which should tell you how badly written it is. It starts off like there's a 1940s flashback with a Nazi scientist who looks like he's in Nickelback, uh, and he does, like, <laughs> evil science on this girl with these giant breast implants that are very 1940s. Uh, then it cuts to the 70s for a completely gratuitous scene, and then it cuts to 2016, where a bunch of kids summon this Nazi demon called Knuckle Bones, who kills them. But, oh my god, it was just so incompetent on every level. It was just one of those moments where you just think, wow, my life is ebbing away, this is what I'm doing with it, why? And to be honest, the only reason that I could think of why as I was watching it was, well, at least I've got a low light for Devil's Prize. <laughs> 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 but, I mean, highlights, I, th I think it would have to be rewatches. Um, I rewatched okay. uh, All the Colours of the Dark, which is a great Jalo. Oh. Lots of 70s Satanists uh, groping each other in the nude... Uh, Praising the devil. It's all good and fun. And weirdly set in, set in um, Putney, of all places, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right, yeah. 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 There aren't many jally set in Putney. <laughs> no, I really enjoyed all the uh, Putney footage. It was uh, a nice, nice little touch. <laughs> uh, Bryony? Um, Low Light was something on Netflix called Pay the Ghost. Starring. Oh, I watched that yeah. too last night. It's so bad. He's um he's got a really bad die job and he's lost his kid, um, and he's running around going where's my son? Um, <laughs> I, just, I don't know. I watched it in sort of a fit of insomnia, and had a sort of similar moment to what CJ was just describing. Like, why am I doing this? At least I've got something for Devil Times Five. Um, I mean, it was it was yeah, it was it was an hour and a half, I think. It, it felt like an hour and a half. It was mystery. Uh, CGI was wicked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the graphics were wicked. Uh, it's Nicolas Cage, isn't it? And Nick, uh, do you know, I, watch, I will watch anything with Nicolas Cage. I don't know if you guys can see this, actually. Have you seen my pillow that I am sat you, on? You don't have a Nicolas Cage pillow. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's amazing. That's beautiful. For listeners at home, so it's cool. a silken... It's silk um, with Nicolas Cage's face on. Um, yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, I, I enjoyed watching it, and 
sitting on that pillow watching that film. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the highlight but it was also it was just really terrible um poor nick he does he, he can actually act though that's the thing he's a good actor um he just does so much shit um mm. and yeah pay the ghost was definitely one of them um uh-huh and he did hi yeah oh my hi I finally got around to watching um, Suspiria, which I really loved. Um, right. Because I'd never seen it before, so my boyfriend got me to watch it. And he's been introduced me to all those like Italian murdery witchcraft ones. And um, I mm. really loved it. It was great. It looked amazing. Like The sets were stunning. Uh, I liked mm. the Goblins soundtrack well into that prog aspect of it. Um, so yeah, I gave it a rewatch this week because the 4K Blu-ray appeared on my yes. doorstep. Oh, no, well, not my doorstep, my uh, through my letterbox, um, and it looks lovely on 4K. Yeah. And it's yeah, um, the detail in like the textures of those really horrific <laughs> wallpapers that are all throughout the. <laughs> They're film. lovely because I, I yeah, yeah, it awesome looked like it should have been. It looked like it was a theatre piece. Like, and I, I appreciate films that look like theatre. Um, so it's yeah. gorgeous to watch and uh, I cracked myself up because someone went oh there's a line in it where like she meets a, a therapist or something or a professor and um, he's like oh this is so and so she wants to talk to you about your favourite subject and he goes witches and I'm like yes it is witches <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious um, but then my boyfriend stopped I've talking to that. me it's great we watch it he says witches oh that's great ah oh, that's oh. yeah Ah, oh, how I laughed and laughed. It's been a long month, guys. <laughs> so that's my lows and highs. I think Suspiria um, is let down by its storyline. It just looks so beautiful, though. I can't hate it. Um, mm. I, but I, I, I say it is a three-star horror film in five-star packaging. <laughs> yeah, it's like when you get an Easter egg and the outside's really nice, but it's full of air. Um <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I, I was into true. it. I was into it. Um, Emily. Um, highlight, I finally got round to watching the 1959 version of House on Haunted Hill. With Vince, Ooh, it's got nice. Vincent Price Ooh. and a skeleton in. So um, two thumbs up from me for that. <laughs> and um, low light was something that I found. I wasn't uh, Normally, if I'm um, looking for something to watch that's completely undemanding, I'll go and rummage around the back of Netflix. But um, I went to the back of Amazon Prime and watched a recent-ish Canadian horror film called Hen's Night which oh, is, yeah. it's, it's meant to be a bit like Bridesmaids, only things get murdery and stabby. Um, it's, it? it's not wholly terrible. Um, it's, it's well directed, the lighting's good, the editing's good, but the acting is kind of like Channel 5, uh, well, early Channel 5 soft porn movie standard. It's um, kind of a bit let down by that. So um, I wish I could remember the director's name because they might end up doing something interesting in future, but it's one of these sort of kick-started things and it's clearly, you know, hey, we're going to make a movie with all of our friends and sometimes that happens and you get something like Phantasm and sometimes that happens and you get this. But, um, <laughs> meh. It's, it's not even low light. It's just kind of a, I don't know, whatever in, whatever's in the middle. The director's name is Christian Larivieri. Mm. I, mean, I mean, it doesn't sound awful. It, it, it's it's um it's a good idea, but badly. But well, it's not even badly executed. I just wish they had some better actors in it. He's also done. Oh, he's done quite a few films. Mm. Um, but they all look about. Judging by the posters, they all look of the same kind of ilk. Mm. Right. Okay, Phil. Hello. Um, how you Hello. doing? Sorry. It's um, full disclosure. It's about fifty degrees in my flat. 
I'm so I'm so sorry if I'm like I'm sweating at you through the screen. I can't believe how hot it is in here. Um, hello, yes. So if I keel over halfway through, just call the police. Um, actually, no, no, call an ambulance. That'd be better. Don't call the police. They don't they don't deal with that sort of shit. Um, so yeah, Han highlight. I um, you see. Hello, is that the fire brigade? Phil Jarrett is on fire. <laughs> Coast guard as well. Why not? I think the, more the Coast He's drowning guard. in his own sweat. Yeah, exactly. Like, drown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try and drink through it. Um, my highlight was uh, I saw that Cargo, we've seen that Cargo, the sort of uh, the long version of Cargo is on um, Netflix. Um, so I was going to watch that, but I thought I'd watch the short to begin with. And so I watched the sort of short seven minute version of Cargo, the, the original short film, which is brilliant. Have you seen that? It's like a, it's a short zombie film about a, um, a, a man who's got sort of three hours to save his baby. And it's fantastic. It's only seven minutes long. And uh, within those seven minutes, there's, like, there's a whole story. There's a sort of almost like a twist. It's got sort of a, an awful lot of heart. And it makes you sort of well up at the end. It's an incredible thing to have made in seven minutes, I think. Um, uh, so that's my highlight. I was going to watch Cargo after that. But once you've seen the seven minute film, you're like, ah, oh, well, it's probably just that longer, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. And my low light, oh, sorry, my other highlight is I rewatched The Wicker Man. Um, hey. mm-hmm. yeah. um, which has got to be one of the greatest horror films ever. And I think mm-hmm. one of the reasons it's still so amazing is that there is no reason for that film to be good. Like, it should be terrible. It should be utterly, it should be absolute dog shit. But for some reason, the sum of its parts just make this incredible sort of gem. And I think the reason that you know that it's basically some some sort of incredibly unique thing is because my low light is the remake of The Wicker Man, which I also watched. <laughs> and, and it has, it has all the same elements, but it's like the magic isn't there, so you just get what The Wicker Man should be. What that film should be is the Nicolas Cage film. It's a complete fluke that they managed to get the amazing one. Do you know what I mean? The Nicolas Cage one is the film it was always gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> he does punch a woman dressed as a bear that's worth watching the remake for that's, that's you know where else are you going to get that there's a five minute edit, um, YouTube video of like all the best bits well yeah. best and inverted commas yeah. and that's just him screaming about bees and the bear woman <laughs> yeah, um, right. so yeah what's the, the thing with the doll who burned the doll who burned the doll how to get burned how to get burned how to get burned because I'm, I'm the same as you, um, uh, I'm the same as you, Brian. I like Nicolas Cage. I think he's great, and I particularly like huge acting. And Nicolas Cage mm. is the king of that. Um, Vampire's so, you know. Kiss. He's fucking amazing in that. It's the same like uh, acting method he's using in The Wicker Man, but it makes so much more sense. Yeah, in Vampire's I, lo- Kiss. I love it. I love it when he does the alphabet in Vampire's yeah. Kiss. That's yeah. <laughs> just amazing. A B C. It's just, uh, Amazing. The man is a treasure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he absolutely is. Right. Um, oh, for more Wicker Man, listen back to episode 12, our folk horror episode, where we went into both versions in some detail. Um, and my high was uh, Revenge, the new French film, which uh, I, suppose, I suppose it's actually called Revenge, which is a better title. Um, directed somehow by first time director. Coralie Fagier. Um, it's a rape revenge um, shocker. I 
I was going to say like it takes its time getting going uh, or takes time to settle into itself, but I think that was more me, really. I think I was spending most of the first hour trying to second-guess it and wondering how it was going to put some sort of supermodern twist on the rape-revenge subgenre or, like, you know, have some sort of political comment to be really woke or whatever. And it's, it's just not. It's just a super fucking violent, really brutal revenge film. It's brilliant. It's I loved it. Um, so gory. So, so gory. And um, one of the things I really like about it is that our heroine has... Uh, she's wearing these uh, bright pink star-shaped earrings throughout the film, and it's just, it's just in such contrast to the brutality on screen having this really girly little bit of costume it's great I loved it <laughs> no, I suppose anyone else caught that yeah what's it called sorry Revenge Revenge <laughs> Revenge 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 <laughs> okay oh no I haven't seen that it's great um, and my low I'm afraid CJ is The Midnight Man no film of the year oh, it's man. so so bad it's about these two kids who um, don't have a TV in the house so because like they're the only kids on earth who don't just watch stuff on their phones or on laptop or whatever they decide to play this little occult game that they found in the attic and there's a list of instructions and they read each one of these in turn and do each one in turn so it's like write your name on a li- on this list Okay, so they do that. Uh, mark the list with your own blood next to your name. So they do that. <laughs> Pin the list to a wooden door. So they do that. Knock on the door 22 times. <laughs> so they do that. <laughs> and then there's a couple more. And then, then the one at the bottom is half torn off. And he starts reading it and goes, oh, it's torn. <laughs> they didn't even notice until that point that it runs out of instructions. And, of course, that's the bit that tells you how to survive the demon that they've summoned up. <laughs> it's, like, it's just so stupid. It's, it's terrible. It's Every, great. Everyone in it is a complete dickhead. No, it's um, brilliant. The, the demon looks like a tree with a skull, or a skull for a face. He looks awesome. <laughs> it's all based on a fucking creepypasta, which they lampshade, they flag it up. They have some... <laughs> they, they have their friend come round who used to be a goth but I don't know if they just didn't have the budget for any goth costumes or whatever she, she's not a goth anymore but she's but you can, ha- you can have that as a character like you know used to be a goth but I got better it's fine it's, it's a character trait how did she goth? used to be a goth did she just say because she's the one who understands about um, demonology and stuff and spooky shit oh right okay and, and she, li- she literally says oh it sounds like some creepypasta off the internet <laughs> and and it turns out yeah this whole film is based on a creepypasta off the internet and it is diabolical Great. Terrible. Come of the year. Rubbish. No. <laughs> God shit it. these days. If that's what counts for being a goth these days is knowing what creepypasta is, that's rubbish. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> you know, Back in my day, something. we had to listen to the Sisters of Mercy <laughs> on repeat before we so got aware of the birthday party. <laughs> Stalking Nick Cave around Brighton. Mm. <laughs> What's the coolest thing you've ever seen uh, Nick Cave doing in Brighton? Uh, once um, I was uh, in the in Kemp Town, I was in a cafe, and a little child ran past the window about 100 miles an hour. And then there was a beat, and after him, Nick Cave was chasing him in snakes, <laughs> snakeskin boots. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. amazing. I saw. I know uh, a friend of mine saw him on an adult scooter once, though. So that's kind of a <laughs> ruined the image a little bit because I've only had wow. one. I've only had one interaction with him and that was like walking home about 10 years ago from a one night stand and like going smack bang into someone's chest and going, oh, sorry. And then looking up and be like, ah, oh, sorry. Um, and I felt bad about that for the longest time was, until my mate was like, was that voice scooter. that you just did? Was, was that you bumped into him and said, sorry. And then you said, sorry, in the voice of Nick Cave. Yes. <laughs> she was, sorry. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> How embarrassing! <laughs> you have to do that. It's the only I, I went for Chris, I went for Christmas day lunch at the Grand Hotel one year, and um, he was he and his family were on the table next to us, and um, he was wearing yeah he was wearing a paper hat out of a cracker. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> fuck off! No. I'll show you the photo later. Oh, and um, <laughs> well, the best one I've ever heard was. Um, it was, I don't know who saw it, Alexis Petridis wrote about it in a, in, in a Guardian article that Nick Cave had been spotted at the Theatre Royal um, watching the pantomime with his kids uh, holding a giant foam finger in the air <laughs> singing along to It's Chico time. Oh my, no. <laughs> I bet he still made that look cool. That's Nick Cave. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It's Chico time. <laughs> Anyway, that's all the serious films out of the way. Now it's time for the piss takes. That's why I had to get my shit straight, shit straight. Cause my life was just a piss take, piss take, yeah, yeah. And first up is 2014's What We Do in the Shadows, directed by and starring Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement. When you get three vampires in a flat, obviously there's going to be a lot of tension. <laughs> Viago was an 18th century dandy. Look, a ghost cap. Vladislav is a bit of a pervert. This is my torture chamber. Deacon's like the young bad boy of the group. I'm supposed to pay rent, but I don't. The trouble with being a vampire is you have to be invited in. Come into the bar, please. We need some fresh blood. Hi, my name is Nick. I've been a vampire for two months. My friend Richie's a bouncer. He'll invite us in. Gentlemen, you are most welcome. <laughs> Nick is so much fun. I'm a vampire. Vampire! Vampire! Such a dick. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows is a mockumentary following the exploits of four vampires aged from 183 to about 8,000 who share a house in Wellington, New Zealand as they prepare for the big vampire ball and gain a new member of their team. Um... Well, I've really grown to love this film um, over my various three watches of it, three or four viewings of it. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. I have the same thing as uh, as you, Cliff, in that I, I've grown to love it more with each watch. I mm. think the first time I was expecting something that would have more of a straightforward like movie narrative. Uh, but then I think watching it subsequently, I've realised that it, it is... Well, it does have a plot. It's it is mostly just mm. jokes, but the jokes are really, really, really funny jokes, uh, and I think it it just works brilliantly through just consistent high quality gags. Um, oh well, actually, I'm, it's not the same because I think I was expecting it to be incredibly hilarious when I first saw it, and I 
thought it was just quite funny. But as I've watched it over and over again, um, the plot is what's kind of you know standing out. The the, the structure really? is very good. The way that it's kind of it sneaks a, a storyline into it without you almost realising really. The sort of um, lost love it's sort of storyline, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the, the lost love storyline, and of course the storyline about Nick, the new, the younger, the new they, vampire. Yeah. They just turn into a vampire. And I, um, I I loved this from the from the word go. I just thought it was fantastic straight away. Um, uh, yeah, it's so funny. It's like there's it's films and um, funny films are pretty rare, aren't they? And funny funny spoof <laughs> horror films. I mean, really, there's this one and Shaun of the Dead. I think that are actually funny. I can't think of many others. And we'll um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the other one later. Is, oh yes, there's oh god, yeah. <laughs> god. oh god. <laughs> Uh, but no, I just loved it straight. From, like like Shaun of the Dead, like within the first sort of five minutes, I was like, "This is this is a film that has been made specifically for me to love." Uh, I just thought it was awesome. Yeah, Brianny, I just I love it. I think it's perfect. Like it's a film that I'll happy watch over and over again. Again, like Shaun of the Dead, because um, I think when that came out, I saw it about four times in the cinema. I didn't catch this in the cinema. Um, a friend of mine showed it to me, and I was like, "Ah, no, it's gonna be nah, nah. And he's like, "Just watch it. You'll love it." And just even listening to the trailer there, I just say uh, it's all so fresh in my mind still. Like, the oh, it's a ghost cup. And like, just, <laughs> ah, there's so many great, and because you know how much of a fan I am of Bram Stoker's Dracula um, and mm, Oldman's performance and that, love it. So love Jermaine Kellerman in this and his whole character. And just like, they do, they sneak past so many like vampire references. Like, I think the bit that creases me up every time is the um, the Lost Boys reference. When they're like, yeah. oh yeah, do a biscotti. Biscotti. Don't you like your biscotti? <laughs> but then they they add just like the dick bick at the. Oh, so good. Yeah. One of the things I re- I think one of the reasons that it works really well and Shaun of the Dead works really well and others don't is that um Sha- both Shaun of the Dead and this film um they're made by people who obviously like the genre. They love it. Mm. Like like they they like you can tell that the people who are making it like vampire films. And oh. so the humour doesn't come from taking the piss out of vampire films. It comes from sort of a place oh. of love within them, it yeah. seems to me. Like in Shaun of the Dead, they, they haven't just sort of ingested the tropes of zombie films and are sort of spewing them out in a stupid way like Scary Movie does. They are oh. loving them and internalising them and making them into, the, into something of their own by being sort of funny with them. And the films just come out so much better as a result. Like if you were going to make a... A, a, a vampire film and he didn't like vampire films then you would have them all the sort of vampire that people would think of but they each each character is a specific type of vampire isn't it they've got like the 1920s Nosferatu vampire and they've got like a sexy 80s vampire they've got an interview with a vampire vampire you know they're sort of a sad tragic me vampire and they're both sort of nuanced vampire film characters that you'd only really know if you loved them they even like reference that themselves in the film when Nick's running around shouting "Twilight on Twilight." Like, it's, 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 very, like, it's very knowingly referencing these films to the point where they do but, shout it out. But but also the werewolves are fantastic because <laughs> oh, like yeah. I've never that, and that's a new joke, a completely new joke about what a pack of werewolves would be like, and they would be yeah. like stupid men on a night out. <laughs> And like, and you would, you would have like the main guy going, "All right, no, let's try and like, like trying to sort of, because men totally react like that to an alpha male. It was so funny. Um, There's that lovely bit in the end credits where you've got them talking to camera about um, how he's the alpha male, 
and he says he says something and one of them laughs he's like why are you laughing at that bit it's like well because it's funny <laughs> and he's like you did it again it's just like yeah. you know, they're, they're slightly scared of him but he's in a kind of sort of slightly scary manner he's like he's a scary manager kind of way yeah it's, yeah. it's, um, it's yeah he's a cool boss yeah, he's yeah. like he's the, he's the mate in a group of mates that everybody wants to be. It's fantastic. You know mm. what I mean? Everyone's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, sorry, Dave. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, sorry, <laughs> because <it's> like, <laughs> they want him to like them so much. It's it's fucking brilliant. I think they're making a spin-off, aren't they? Called Werewolves. Right. Yeah, yeah I heard that they were. Yeah. So there's a, so there's a TV series coming up called What We Do in the Shadows, which yeah. is uh, I think Matt Berry's in it. Um, there's what did you say the werewolf one's called? Werewolves. Werewolves is <laughs> such yeah. a good title. Uh, great, one of the best great, yeah. titles ever. Is that a movie or a TV? Series? I, 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 I think it's a movie, but I, I, I haven't heard, heard it was anything a movie, about it. But then Marvel came and knocking, and who knows? With them. Uh, but there's another the TV series spin-off. Um, guess who it's about? Oh yeah, it's about uh, the police officers. Yeah, no it's called Paranormal Unit. It's about the two cops that turn up. I've got a feeling they've got some. They've yeah. got a route in some sort of sketch show, so they're like characters that have yeah, been in something else. <laughs> the uh, bit well, with the, the two policemen is so good. I, so I love funny. the bit with the, the policeman and the dog. Just like, look at what you did. <laughs> it's clearly not the dog that did it. <laughs> I love the sort of New Zealand faltering speaking, like ah 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 no. Oh, you've you, you messed that up there. <laughs> oh, it's not. And that's what, like... Well, I mean, everything, everything, the whole thing is improvised. Is it? Yeah. yeah I, think they must uh, I mean, obviously, obviously plot points aren't, but mm. the, the every word of dialogue is improvised. I and think I mean, they did the Spinal Tap thing, so probably, like, the orig- there's a version of this that lasts for about eight hours. So oh, just yeah. Kind of, like, well, they had, yeah, they had hundreds and hundreds yeah. of hours. Yeah. And it really makes Thor, the Thor movie he did... Head and shoulders above any other Marvel film, I think, because it has that sort of extra it. layer. It's very funny, it. and oh, it's, really it's funny it, in the it? same way. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought it's one of the only Marvel films I really enjoyed. I've only seen the bits um, where he's in it because he's like that big rock person, and I think he does a lot yeah. of improv lines for that. Mm. So, yeah, it's um, very funny. I mean, I watched like a YouTube mm. compilation. I was like, don't have to see the film now. Seeing the best bit. <laughs> <laughs> Guess the rest. It's easy to to forget how much um, how many special effects are in the film because they just sort of introduce so nonchalantly, yeah. like 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 uh, one of the vampires will just sort of run off and turn into a bat, and that it's like yeah. Well, when they fine, fly, yeah, that when, when they were having dinner and they get angry with each other and just fly into the air, yeah. it's very sort of um, it's very realistic and it doesn't sort of uh, jar at all, does it? It's no, really it well done as well. It's just kind of seamless that it goes into. It's like, okay, well, in this world, you can fly when you're pissed off with your mates, kind of thing. It's, it, it, yeah. I was listening to the director's commentary, and one one sort of bit of CGI that you won't have noticed is, um, I guess, because they were filming so much, a lot of the extras in the party scene were just kind of, you know, laughing along or whatever, or just had blank expressions. So they CGI'd more menacing expressions <laughs> onto the faces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow! Oh, I need to rewatch that. <laughs> wow! I love the beast. The whole sort of misdirected yeah. the beast. Yeah, oh, that was great. I love that ancient drawing they found to represent the beast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just the cock and balls drawn onto its chest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's that bit in the opening credits where, um, oh fuck, is it Viago is talking about how? One of them used to be a Nazi vampire in the yeah. Second World War. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I had. <laughs> I don't know, but the Nazis lost that war. 
I was actually answering the door to a canvasser from the Green Party while that bit was playing. <laughs> Why is this guy watching Nuremberg rally? <laughs> and I was like, yes, yes, I'll vote Green, I'll vote Green. I'm, I'm, I'm cool, I'm cool. <laughs> you should have said, well, the Nazis were quite green in their way. <laughs> they were. It's kind of a in some parts of Europe there is a kind of a crossover between far right thinking and extreme environmentalism. Yeah, I, I don't know why I know this, presumably, but the Green Party never come canvassing around here, so it works. In my but the Nazis, they're every weekend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I know, there is that. Emily is, uh, has positioned her camera so we can't see her arm there. Oh, okay, yeah. No, it's, it's, I... it's, that's a combination of recording on a phone and my hands being too sweaty to hold it up properly. Has anyone got anyone, anything else to say about uh, what we're doing? The I show think the, the only thing I'd add is that it's interesting from a horror perspective how, uh, you know, arguably one of the things about successful horror is that you you believe it and you can believe things that are supernatural and that you know aren't real in real life uh and i think weirdly what we do in the shadows kind of accomplishes that because of its depiction of vampires as being so mundane and flawed you it's almost dare i say the most realistic depiction of vampires i've seen i i, I could imagine that if, if vampires existed yeah i mean they're not going to be those like archetypes that, that we've already mentioned like all the time they're not, they're not always going to be those like perfect vampires uh and I, I i don't know like in my head i'm I, this is now how i see vampires that's a really really i think that's a really good point because like so many times you watch a horror film and you can't imagine the 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 evil character whatever they are you can't imagine them not being in the sort of the attacking position they're in you can't imagine them yeah. eating or being at home or sleeping or something like that um uh, but then you really really can um and so yeah i think it's so realistic of what vampires would be and, and, and i think that help. makes it a great horror film that's that's mm. where the title comes from because in the original short film um there's a bit where one of them says uh we um we hunt in the shadows we breed in the shadows we do our shopping in the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> and like, the other thing I wanted to say is they, they, the vampires are supposed to be immortal, right? And whenever oh. you see a vampire mm. film, they always fit perfectly into the time. <clears throat> that, so for some reason, the vampires from The Lost Boys, they really look like they come from the 80s, even though they've <laughs> been like alive for hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, but those, the vampires and what we do in the shadows, they really feel like they're 900 years old or 1,000 years old because, like, world mm-hmm. events go past them like that, like an old, like it would happen to an old person or something like that. Yeah. They can't keep up with modern technology and they can't keep up with looking after their house, which is exactly what they expect from a 1,000-year-old person. Do you know what I mean? They're not going to be <laughs> listening to modern music and wearing all the latest yeah. fashions. Um, I, uh, yeah, what a great film. Moving on, when, uh, I guess when you talk about horror spoofs, most people these days will think of the scary movie franchise. Uh. Now, <laughs> five films in this thing. They're a mixed bag, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. If that yeah. bag was mostly full did you of... Guys, did you guys watch every single one? I, I've watched yeah. all five. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I have watched... Bryony, I've watched about 23 or 24 fucking films for this podcast. Oh, <laughs> Most of them are Are you dreadful. feeling zany? <laughs> I think the scary movie ones are exhausting when you watch them back to back. I think, like, for, for example, Scary Movie 3, when that came out at the cinema, and yes, I went to see all the scary movies at the cinema, 
because <laughs> that's how I roll. Um, I really laughed and laughed at Scary Movie 3 uh, when I saw it. It's my favourite, yeah. It's really one. funny. Um, but I have to admit, yeah, the best one. watching them all back to back, by the time I got to Scary Movie 3, having just done one and the abominable two, uh, I was just all out of laughs. <laughs> I, I'd forgotten how to laugh. And I was sat watching Scary Movie 3 thinking, I should I should have laughed at this. I'm sure I've laughed at this in the past, but there's nothing left. And, and yeah, it's just, I think the more of them you watch, the more you realise that it is just these unconnected regurgitations of, of things that you're familiar with um, yeah. and I don't know, occasionally it's it can be very funny but I think you've got to space them out, you can't you can't just watch like six hours of Scary Movie in a row, it's just going to kill you Scary Movie 2 to be fair does have that really good sketch at the start which where James That's Woods awful. is it's done just, a brilliant Max von Sydow but it's just a puke joke gross. Like, yeah. so is, many yeah. of the jokes are just like puke yeah. I do like the fist fight with the cat in the second one I think uh, yes, I, I like um, yeah. somebody fighting an animal and then it cuts to a really, really bad puppet, but that's just me. I just get amused yeah. by that kind of thing. No, I, I agree. I mean, that's the best cat puppet I've seen since we did The Uninvited a few episodes oh, ago. Right. <laughs> Nothing can quite top the, heat, the, um, the heights of that. No. But there's there's things in Scary Movie 2 that are just, you just go, why? Who thought that was a funny thing to yeah. happen? Like where, where a parrot... A parrot just says, you are the weakest link, goodbye. It's not. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a joke. It's just a thing that... It's just a famous phrase. Yeah. 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 And there's a bit where they all break out into a kind of dance thing. Oh, it's a basketball thing. It's the basketball routine. Yeah, I had absolutely no idea what it was. That's a Nike advert. A Nike advert, yeah. Well, the second one is... Uh, is... Who remembers that? when it came out the second one was very much like when all those spoof films like scary movie kind of started it that sort of revival of like let's do spoofs where we just chuck in everything scary movie and not another teen movie are the only good ones of that ilk um the rest are all terrible just throwing in like popular culture references i I I will defend scary movie to the death though because i have nostalgia reasons for loving them (laughs) I, th- I think with with some of those, I think there's two, there's two elements that make them funny. There's, there's either you you recognise immediately the pop culture thing because it's happening right now, so it's kind of like you're already in the headspace of those gags. Um, whereas watching them now, I found some some of the gags were really dated, and some of them I was even thinking, oh, yeah. I think I saw that film, but I don't really remember it. Whereas at the time, I remember thinking, oh yeah, that's bang on. And the other thing is, if you really hate the films that they're parodying, it's much funnier. Because I, I think, like like Cliff was saying earlier, um, about how these kind of don't come from the same place of love that what we do in The Shadows does. Sometimes these come from seemingly a place of outright contempt. Mm. And, it, and if you feel that contempt, like Scary Movie 4, when it's doing like The Village... That, that's hilarious because the village is so fucking awful that you feel it deserves this kind of dissection and the, this just absolute smackdown. Um, and I think the worse the movie that it's parodying is, the, the funnier the scary movie but, skits But are. Scary Movie falls jokes mainly seem to be people getting hit on the head. Yeah, and that's strange because... But Scary Movie not... 4 is a Zucker Brothers, isn't it? Is, is it not? It is, yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's three, three, three three stages, it, yeah. It's strange, because I was expecting that one to be good, just because they've got pedigree, and it's one of the worst, I think, of all of them. Well, Scary Movie, I like Scary Movie 3. I think it's, uh, from what I 
am aware of his career, the late stage of his career. I think it's probably Leslie Nielsen's last decent performance. Yeah. Um, he's brilliant in it. When he turns up, yeah. the, that film just he, he gets, gets so much, so much funnier. And then he and then he plays the same character in Scary Movie Four, and it's pretty awful in it. Scary Movie Three, you've got um, you've got what's his face, my Charlie Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. Yes. Charlie Sheen. Yeah. And Leslie Olsen, who are just like the best at those kind of spoof films. Like, Hot Shots is fucking brilliant. Oh, yeah. I love um, Hot Shots. Yeah, I forgot Charlie Sheen's done those sorts so of So when things. that yeah. came out, I was genuinely excited because it's like you've got these two guys who are genuinely really, really good at this kind of thing, which makes it a really good film. I can't believe yeah. I'm saying that about Scary Movie 3. I always kind of imagine that if things had gone differently for Charlie Sheen, he would have been like a kind of Leslie Nielsen type because he's very, very good at doing kind of deadpan whilst everything around him has gone mental. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, but instead, he chose to do that in real life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, um, and then in Scary Movie 5, he does play uh, coked up Charlie Sheen in the sex oh, really? scene at the start with Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. The Zucker brothers with the production. Didn't at least one of them go into doing like sort of Republican propaganda films? Oh, Christ, really? They're like super mega right wing. Oh, wow. Um, Heartbreaking. Yeah, so that it did, isn't there like a Republican version of A Christmas Carol with Kelsey Grammer in? Oh, <laughs> I haven't what? seen this. Where the three ghosts just come around and say, you're doing really well, just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> Um, Scary Movie Five is a pretty awful one, but I do like the the lesbian sex scene where it do, it takes that thing of having all the kind of uh, meta visual metaphors for sex, yeah. but doing it in a in a girl on girl way. I think that's really funny. And again, it works because it's parodying Black Swan, that was um, exactly what Scary Movie Five <laughs> treats it as. <laughs> I feel. Um, and the, the other thing about Scary Movie Three to Five that is weirdly funny is Simon Rex uh, who hasn't been in a lot of other movies um, I, don't, I don't know if you guys mm. know his uh, history I think I, I can guess what sort of history as just by the he's, smirk on your face, the twinkle in your eye. Oh, is this a porn yes. fact? Uh, it's no, a post-porn it's fact <laughs> It's a post-porn fact Go on then, hit us with it. Right, so uh, Simon Rex started out in uh, gay jerk-off videos. Uh, he's in several <laughs> volumes of Young, Hard and Solo under the name Sebastian. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think that, that might have thwarted his mainstream career, but uh, it's a shame because I think he is really funny. He's one of the funniest things about those three movies. He's got really good timing. Um Gets hit on the head really well. Um, he plays the Eminem type yeah, character. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's also oh. actually inspired by that. He started his own rap career. He's he's a comedy rapper. I looked him up after watching the third one and then did come across some Sebastian videos. So, <laughs> really? <laughs> literally. I'm sure you're not the first. <laughs> I, can we just talk about Anna Faris and how brilliant she is? Like she's yeah, the best she thing. Is. She is good. Yeah. The main woman. Yeah. She's the best thing about these films. Like she plays. The like, one plays Cindy. Yeah. yeah. She, like, the, she does the the dumb broad in a horror film role so well. Yeah. And uh, the sort of horrified look is so yeah. The sort of horrified look she does all yeah. the way through. The, oh, it's yeah. It's so she's, great. She's fantastic. Yeah. She's got such great timing. Mm. Um, and I was we I rewatched the first one today, and it is dated and it is bad, but she is brilliant in it. 
Uh, she and um, Regina Hall, who plays Brenda, she's really good. Yeah, yeah. She's I'm glad funny. she. I'm glad she reappears in she, subsequent films. Um, did anyone see Shriek? If you know what I did last Friday the Thirteenth, which came out um, like days before uh, Scary Movie, I think, or was it days after? Days after, I think. No. Um, no. It's better than Scary Movie. It's it's a very low budget take on the same kind of ideas with weirdly a load of the same jokes, but um, I think it's much better. I don't really like the scary movie films at all. Um, and I remember at the time getting annoyed because the, the the first one, I mean, later on they just become general film characters, don't they? But the first one was sort of making fun of horror films through... Um, uh, Scream, right? It's the same plot yeah. as Scream. Yeah. And it annoyed and, me because... And I know what you did last summer. Yeah, Oops. Like Scream is... Um, so I know what you did last summer isn't a parody. That's a straight horror film. Yeah. But Scream is a parody itself. Mm. So it's mm. like... Mm. Scream was, yeah. the, was a very clever, very subtle parody done by somebody... Done by Wes Craven, obviously, who really knows horror films and knows what the tropes are, and so was able to sort of make fun of them very, very subtly. And then almost immediately, Scary Movie comes out and does the same jokes, but like with absolutely no subtlety or sort of understanding of the of the genre whatsoever. And so it really annoyed me that those two things come out because people sort of, um, I don't think people realise that, that Scream is a is itself a comedy. That the Scream, the, the the three Scream films were. Were funny, clever parodies of horror films. Mm. Well, I think it depends on your age, really, doesn't it? Because I, th- I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people um, who, yeah, you know, so for whom Scream was like their first mm. experience of horror, they wouldn't have realised yeah. it was taking the piss. But well, it was. It kind of revived the genre, didn't it? Which is bizarre considering it was sort of a spoof. Um, mm. But I guess you know horror had kind of had its boom in the eighties and then went completely bust early nineties and then yeah. Uh, yeah, like you say, loads. I, I know loads of people who, who say, "Oh yeah, Scream, first horror film I ever saw." Oh, scared the shit out of me. Whereas <laughs> to some of us who'd been watching horror films longer, it was it, it was a case of, "Oh, that's an interesting comedy take on the genre." It's like American Werewolf in London is also a, a spoof film, um, yeah. but it's, it's such very a, close it's to so it, yeah. so under the wire that you can you don't it's sort of the the the, th- the things that it's taking the piss out of is so subtle that you don't sort of um, that you can see it as a normal horror film which is why mm. they, they, those films are so much better than the scary movie films i think i hate the scary mm. movie films did anyone go on to uh investigate the um the subsequent films that marlon wayans was involved with a haunted house and a haunted house 2 <sighs> <sighs> I, I am going to oh. hold this against you forever. <laughs> right. A Haunted because... House is is a pretty bad paranormal activity rip-off. Right. It's just... Uh, it, it's kind of a good pastiche because it is equally as boring as most of the paranormal <laughs> activity films um, for the same reasons that it's just found footage like that is dull. But Haunted House 2 kind of gets rid of that and does more of a kind of... Um, Oh, it does like Annabelle and The Conjuring and Sinister and things like that. And it's so fucking it, funny. It's not... I am aware that I'm about the only person on earth that I, thinks that. I, it's hilarious. I, I, I tried watching it about a year ago on Netflix because I, I quite like the Waynes Brothers in general. Uh, and I thought, you know what? Haunted House 2? Yep, I'll give that a watch. I got about 15 minutes in and it just went off because it, it was so atrocious. Just absolutely bad. So bad. I forgot I'd even tried to watch it. But like about a week ago or two weeks ago, Cliff said, um, oh, Haunted House 2, oh, what a surprise, it's so funny, it's so funny, you've got to watch it. I completely forgot that I'd tried to watch it and spent £2.49 on renting it. it. 
And then I watched it, and it was so bad. I got half an hour in this time, which is twice what I did last time, just <laughs> just so that I could say I'd tried, and I, it had to go off. It was so bad. Marlon Wayans gets rimmed by an Annabelle doll at one point. <laughs> well, that sounds, that sounds good. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. It um, did you get as far as the Sinister parodies? No, I think by, by I mean, they, they could have been oh, funny. Man. Is the best you know, you know, you know. In Sinister, um, Ethan Hawke's character finds all these Super Eight films of families being killed. Yeah, and it's really fucking spooky. Um, in in Haunted House Two, they recreate each of the those films, <laughs> but it goes wrong for the demon who's trying to kill the families every time in a really hilarious way. It's so such a funny film. I I mean, <sighs> I am aware. That if you look at the reviews on Letterboxd on IMDb, I'm basically the only person who likes it. <laughs> I thought it's brilliant. It's just, and I can't wait to watch it again. It's just screaming. Like 90% of the film is just Marlon Wayne's looking at the camera and going, ah! <laughs> like oh, also, also, it does actually have some good horror moments as well. Oh, so, get out. It does. No. The, the, the exorcism scene towards the end is really good, like properly. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think you were like, were you drunk when you watched it? <laughs> no, I was just on the train to. I was just on the train to work, or I might have watched it in the office even. Um, but I loved it. It's one of one of the few that's got an eighteen certificate, and it's well deserved because it is filth. Loved it. Um, I'll tell you another one that's got an eighteen certificate though, which is the, one of the worst things I've ever seen. Stan Helsin, a parody. It's called. Just to let oh, you know yeah. that it's it's not meant to be taken seriously. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> um, it's just a non-starter that one just like no one is any good in it um, there's not the only jokes that are actually jokes in them are just old jokes like oh, I'd give my right arm to be ambidextrous oh god like or, uh. yeah things like that oh it's so bad so bad how many did you watch altogether? oh good coming on for 25 which was the um, which was the worst you reckon hands down the Stone worst Hilsen. Really? Stan Helsing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you didn't like one of the ones that I did like. Uh, oh, I didn't rewatch it because I hate it so much. Saturday the Fourteenth. Yeah, I loved Saturday yeah. the Fourteenth. Did anyone else watch that? No. no. It's it's really really cute. It's from the the early eighties, and it's just this adorable movie where this couple move into a haunted house, uh, and inside the house is a book of evil. That contains all. Oh yeah, it's got nothing to do with Friday the Thirteenth. No, no, nothing to do with Friday the Thirteenth. Nothing to do with Friday the Thirteenth whatsoever. But the but the book warns that Saturday the Fourteenth is a much worse day than Friday the Thirteenth. So definitely don't read the book on Saturday the Fourteenth. But of course, this kid reads the book and summons all these monsters. And there's a couple of vampires outside who are also trying to get the book. Uh, And it's just, it's just like this adorable just rubber monsters everywhere it's like a little tribute to old b-movies and it's a b-movie itself uh and it's just so silly like there's nothing sensible about this movie it's just so goofy from start to finish and and i found it really endearing and lovely and the absolute opposite of haunted s2 that was just <laughs> <laughs> well yeah yeah it is, it is certainly the opposite um but um, yeah i loved the it. one time i laughed the only thing I laughed at in Saturday the 14th was when a character saw a bat and thought it was an owl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there's, there's a running <laughs> joke about the owls, yeah. It's good. Mm. Um, how about the old stuff? I mean, there's Carry On Screaming. There's uh, all those Abbott. Oh, I love, Abbott I love Carry On Screaming. I actually saw that before um, I saw Any Hammer. 
and it's it's quite as far as kind of Hammer because it's low budget and because those are the movies that it's taking off it it it, it, it sort of yeah it's it, it, they've kind of gone through it's almost like the same color palette as um, yeah. Hammer Horror everything's like the reds are slightly too red there's that sort of very queasy Hammer Horror blood color and um, yeah I, I just think it's fantastic whether that's just for nostalgia reasons I don't know no but. I think it's I think it's the best um, I think it's the best Carry On film Carry On yeah. Film. Um, Ooh, and no. they get everything spot on, and the sets are spot on, the acting mm. is spot on, the costumes for for sort of seventies for seventies Hammer, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't I don't get Carry On at all. I just don't. I know I know I I, I might have to renounce my British citizenship for mm-hmm. saying that, but I I I don't understand the humour. But there's so I think many it's on the cut. For, for me, screaming is on the cusp of when it was starting to get funny. It's when they started because obviously you know I like filthy humour and it was on the cusp of when it was starting to get filthy, um, but it's not quite there. And you get these really long setups for not particularly funny jokes, like you know that bit where um, they're going so so this this monster uh, what what do we know about it? Well, it smells foul, and he writes foul on the back blackboard. Uh, we know it's got big hairy feet, and he writes feet, and then it just the whole thing is just to reveal. That he's written on the blackboard. Foul feet smell something horrible. <laughs> I mean, really, is that, is that the payoff? Still to good. This really Still long good. Setup? <laughs> Still good. I noticed Phil's just writing something down there. I'm just wondering, is, is this notes for your set? <laughs> I'm just writing. I'm writing. Still good. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm upset. I love the Carry On cast. So. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's got that. And Harry H. Corbett and Fernanda Fielding fit right into the, the ensemble. But I don't think it's the best carry-on. Uh, <laughs> what do you think? Anyway. Um, what is the best carry-on? Yeah, which is your favourite? Yeah, but my favourite is Columbus, so... You know. Oh, my <laughs> God! You're joking. <laughs> wow. I've, I've never watched a single carry-on. Wow. I'm completely lost. You're not missing much. Surely that's not... No. I didn't know anyone, actually. Because I, I remember going to see Columbus at the, at the cinema and... <laughs> Yeah, I didn't think that would be. That's that's a very very left field choice. I can't tell yeah. if if you're serious or not. I think I won't watch Haunted House two. If um... <laughs> <laughs> I think I've just found the baseline. Well, well, yeah, but on on a similar note, you love Young Frankenstein. I love Young what? Frankenstein. Shush. It's great. What have you got against Young Frankenstein? No, Young Frankenstein. Yeah, werewolf. Shit. It's not funny. See, Mel Brooks films are funny. It is funny. Um, the putting on the Ritz, the putting on the Ritz dance, may be the funniest thing that's ever happened. I think. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking about that makes me laugh. Um, I, I, I think that's fantastic, Young Frankenstein, isn't it? That's absolutely. I did notice there was some. Um... There was some Mel Brooks hate in the the group discussion we were having because I think What's Emily that? was like, "Well, because I I rewatched um, Dracula Dead and loving it, and I I love that it's film." So bad. Well, let well let's not go nuts. It's um I don't know maybe it's, again it's a nostalgia thing, but it's, I I love I love Dracula. I think Dead it's it. I think it's your Bram Stoker's Dracula thing coming through again. Maybe. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that's um, uh, Anne Bancroft, isn't it? That, that, she's funny, yeah. That that got the film off to a good start with her cameo where she's doing that. And, um, uh, but Leslie yeah. Nielsen, I don't like that he has to really ham it up because that's not what Leslie Nielsen's good for. Mm-hmm. He's he's a deadpan actor. Yeah, he's yeah. he's the king. He was the king of deadpan. Um, I finally found a copy of Repossessed. Um, yes. 
Um, it's got some good. It, I, I watched it. I was thinking this is kind of bad, but it's a bit like a smelly old dog. In the um, <laughs> you don't really want to give it that much time, but you can't dislike it. It's that kind of thing. <laughs> I love that because Linda Blair's in it. It's basically a sequel to The Exorcist. Yes, and it's better than The Exorcist too. <laughs> and I love the bit where. Um, <laughs> where you hear her say, lick me, lick me, and then it cuts to her and she's turned into a giant ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not bad. It's it, For quite a long time, actually, you could. it was easier to get in, sort of in, in the 90s, it was easier to get hold of a mm. copy of Repossessed than it was The Exorcist. Yeah. Until there was a 1990 mm, issue, which is a bit weird. Um, so a lot of people must yeah. have seen that before watching The Exorcist, but... It was. I think I, I think I probably did. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was. It was. Repossessed was better than I thought it was. It was. Um. That I thought it was going to be. But um. I do. Re- I do love Leslie Nielsen. I haven't seen Dracula Dead and Loving It though. It's kind of. Watch like, it. It's brilliant. Really. Do it. I could. I that was another one I couldn't find. A lot of these films were kind yeah. of um, really but, difficult to get hold of. That's something I noticed as well. I think. I think because a lot of them were quite big at the time. Like, like they mm. weren't obscure. They weren't low budget. It, it's just. I think because they spoof most of them a particular film or era, I think they're almost deemed irrelevant now. Like nobody mm. would be interested, which is a shame because there's some some good stuff. Yeah, I mean, going back to scary movie, uh, who found the bit where they suddenly go, "Was that funny?" I did. Oh, I did. Oh, I, 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 that was that was fucking hilarious. I loved oh, it. Okay, I, I not only <laughs> laughed at it, but I actually used an animated GIF of it last week to someone. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was one of the funniest scenes. <laughs> Are there any others you want to... Transylvania 65000, did anyone get a chance to watch that? Yep, yep, Jeff Goldblum and Ed Begley Jr. So it's got them at least. Wow. Yeah, exactly. It's got, a, uh, it's got a pissed up waiter in it. I, was, I loved that when I was a child. Oh, well, oh, my, Michael Richards yeah. is brilliant in it. That's it. There seems to Everyone be... else is shit. In the 80s, a lot of sort of uh, films of, of kind of young people sort of turning up at sort of scary castles mm. like Haunted Honeymoon or um, yeah. um, High Spirits the one was High Spirits, yeah. yeah, lots of that sort uh, of yeah. films it felt like, yeah. mm. and it felt like that, um, that Transylvania 65000 sort of fits into that little genre of yeah. films yeah. Um, but I loved it when I was a kid that was, that was, a, that was, a, big, that was a big film sort of to watch when I came home from school Transylvania 65000 the, well, I, it's, it's funny you should say that because I think the humour in it is very childlike. It's <laughs> there's a lot of lot. Well, no, there's a lot of mugging. There's mm. a lot of um, yeah, falling over. You know, yeah. slapstick. Um, I mean, like I said, Michael Richards went on to do Kramer in uh, Seinfeld. Yeah. He's brilliant in it. He's he's, he's the highlight. But yeah. um, Carol Kane and uh, her partner John Biner in it are so irritating. A real sort of children's <laughs> TV level of comedy there. Um, also, it really annoys me that it's called Transylvania 65000. Um, it sends Jeff Goldblum and Ed Begley's characters off to Transylvania, and the plot line is all about Frankenstein. <laughs> it's literally just so they can use that song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a great It's one part. of those films, it's come from the, it's come from the title, that song, that, that mm. film, hasn't it? I yeah. Think. yeah. 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 Um, high Spirits, I was a big fan of High Spirits when I was a kid. I really liked Peter O'Toole in High Spirits. Why are pieces of masonry floating about? That was my favourite bit. Um, <laughs> High Spirits, I think, could be remade and be, be made much better because it's a good plot for a spoof horror film, I think. Trying to sort of... Trying to make somewhere scary so that so mm. tourists will come. 
Um, and uh, it's obviously where all ghost stories in pubs come from, isn't it? It's uh, you know trying to get trying to get punters through the door so they can see the ghost. Um, so it would be it would be quite nice. I was a big fan of that film. I'm sure there's plenty of films that use that as a plot, aren't there? I can't um, think of another one. It's not that many. Hell House LLC springs to mind. Oh yeah, obviously one. Hell House LLC. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, uh, I mean, do you not know that one? I've, got a, I've actually got a poster of Hell House LLC on my wall. Um, oh, no. No, sorry. No, it um, we, we haven't... I don't think, apart from Carry On Screaming, we haven't mentioned any British ones, and there are a few. Um, oh, Bloodbath at the House of Death. Bloodbath at the House, House of Death. Of Death the, oh, that's so written funny. Written by Barry Cryer, starring Kenny Everett. Cleo I've Rockers got a friend and, um, who's a massive, massive Kenny Everett fan, and I said... So, Bloodbath at the House of Death, is it worth watching? And he just made this really sad face and went, no. It's worth it for the song. It's so funny. The song is so funny. Is it? I haven't... haven't, Yeah, they they, they do... They they go to... I'll cut it really short, but they they, they go to a pub and they ask around about this House of Death uh, (laughs) and the locals in the pub start to explain what happened in the house through the medium of song and they do it in the start of the 12 days of Christmas so you have the ways that each of the people died in the house being sung and it's so funny the first time I saw that I was just crying and everybody joins in and it's just it's just so funny I, I recommend it just for that scene it's surprisingly violent as well yeah. for a for a comedy starring Kenny Everett it's like it's actually got proper violence and gore in it oh no one interesting fact about this film and that is that Stanley Kubrick very nearly directed it Really? Wow. Yeah. Um, he he met up wow. with um, Everett to sort of talk about doing doing the film, doing something, but it, it never came off. And so instead it was directed by Michael McIntyre's dad. Wow. Wow. So, that's, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. That's worthy of a special amazing fact jingle. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. I don't have one. Just got, you just got the post-porn one. A couple the... more of them, Emily, <laughs> and I'll make a amazing jingle. <laughs> I'm just slightly worried that from what I was saying earlier, people are going to think I'm a Nazi. It's like, I'm not a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> we could get a jingle uh, I, for that. I mean, nobody thought you were a Nazi until you said I'm not a Nazi. Now I definitely <laughs> think you're a Nazi. <laughs> Michael McIntyre is uncredited as E.T. in that film. Oh, wow. Well, wow. Yeah. okay. So, yeah. He got his little Fucking kid in Fucking hell. So... Yeah, but Sorry. this would have been an era when all the little kids were dressed as E.T. permanently for about yeah, six months. True. But, you know, his dad made the film, so, you know, he got wrong camera. Yeah. There you go. All right, I feel like we should, um, in honour of our erstwhile devil, um, Holly Horror, uh, talk about one of her favourite films in this genre, which is Hand of Death Part 25, Jackson's Back, a.k.a. Unmasked Part 25 for some reason. That title doesn't work at all. Um, or The Hand of Death, as it actually appears on screen. Um Who's seen that? I used to watch it loads when I was a kid. I, th- I must have rented it out of the video shop four or five times for some reason. That's Rather strange. Than just, I used to make copies of all the films that I loved, um, but this one I just kept renting out. And I <laughs> can only imagine it's because whenever I watched it, I thought, it's not that good, is it? <laughs> and, then that few, and then a few months later, I'd think... Oh, it's a really weird one. Like, there's definitely not another spoof in this tone. Um, because it's a mm. British film that is clearly basing itself on Friday the 13th like Jackson is Jason, this hockey mask wearing killer who's been drowned but it tries to play it as a romantic drama 
where he meets a blind girl and they embark on this relationship and it's it plays it very seriously like he quotes byron to her and she loves byron uh he does a bit of shakespeare they, they, they get into some detail about how their sex life will work it's a very <laughs> bizarre film. I mean, I'll give this credit film made? for being different. Like 1989. 1989. It's really, really strange. Uh, is it good? Yeah. Ish. Yeah, I like it. It's interesting. I like it. And also, it's incredibly gory. Yeah. 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 It's got, um, yeah, it's got um, effects by Bob Keane's company, Image Animation, the Hellraiser. Yeah, it, it, so it opens with faces a, being torn apart, like and yuppie massacre, um, and yeah. yeah, all sorts of really good gore. Um, but it's weird. It's a weird yeah. film. Oh, and Jackson's dad is played by the guy who played Mr. Meeker in Rent a Ghost. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he's, he's probably the only real actor in the film. To be honest, everyone <laughs> else is a bit. I think um, the, the, the guy who plays Jackson has done a lot of stuff as well, mostly TV, but um, he's he's got a lot of credits. Right, and can we just mention Freak Out as well? Because I think this is a sorely overlooked film. Uh, <laughs> Christian James's Freak Out, starring Dan Palmer, and but but not just starring Jan, uh, Dan Palmer, starring um, oh fuck, his name's James Heathcote, who is terrible, and I don't know how he got a leading role. <laughs> leading it was, part in it was made. It was like basically a home movie. Like they made it uh, yeah. completely with their own cash. It cost like a couple of grand, I think. But it took it took years because they wanted to shoot it on film, um, uh, which they did. Uh, and yeah, they just had to keep waiting until they could afford to buy more film. I think. Yeah. Uh, but it's but it it's got so funny, it's got a lot it? of charm, and it is funny. It's it's about to. Um... Two horror fans who decide that a good thing to do would be to find themselves a serial killer that they can kind of market and have as their pet. Um, so they get this, they find this <laughs> this guy who's his his um, his sad backstory that's turned him into a serial killer is that he once got called a bum feeler at school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, British comedy. Love it. And our second feature is from 1982. CJ's favourite film in the whole 123-year history of cinema. <laughs> it's Graydon Clark's Wacko. Ladies and gentlemen, an important announcement from Academy Award-winning actor Mr. George <laughs> Kennedy. One very serious point. Lawnmowers do not kill people. People kill people. <laughs> times have I told you this is not a toy? Oh, there was a phone message for you. Oh, wow. From Norman? Oh, wow. He didn't say. Oh, come on, Mom. What did he say? Well, at first it goes, uh, your daughter's gonna die tonight. Wacko, wacko, wacko. At last, a motion picture made by, for, and about people just like you and me. Thirteen years after a lawnmower murder that shocked the town, the killer still hasn't been caught and the victim's younger sister is in danger. Fortunately, a determined detective is on the case. So, CJ, explain yourself. Well, you've already, <laughs> you've already said it is the greatest film in the 123-year <laughs> history of, uh, of cinema. Um, I mean, you know, what can I say? I watched it at a young age. 
I'm bound to be screwed up by the terrible images I'll have to carry with me for the rest of my life. Just <laughs> <laughs> a little reference to the film there if you've seen it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if, if you've seen it, you will have heard that line and many of the other lines in the film many times because this uh, film relies heavily on repetition to be funny. And I think the more you repeat a joke, the funnier it gets. So for me, this is just amazing. I, I, I've watched it, I, I would genuinely say I've watched this more times than any other film that I've ever seen. Uh, wow. Um, so, so CJ, do you, on that, on that basis, do you think when it says Friday the 13th, Halloween, do you think it's funnier because it had already been used the previous year in student bodies? <laughs> and they were just repeating another film's joke? To be fair, I think it's a fairly obvious joke that they, they just both had at the same time. Um, uh, no, not at the same time. <laughs> they were probably, they were probably shooting at the, around, the same time, this. around the same time. No. no but anyway, it's, it's just Wacko's a much really better great. film and it has many jokes of its own that are extremely funny. <laughs> I mean, come on, the lawnmower killer. The fact that there's just random lawnmowers in so many scenes, it's just beautiful. I mean, you know, Kubrick would be proud of that kind of <laughs> symbolism. Uh, <laughs> Phil, Phil, yeah, you were too us? busy trying to get blood from the house of death off the ground. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just think Wacko, it's just my sense of humour. I, I don't know what came first, whether I watched this and it spawned my sense of humour, or whether it just appealed to it, I, I don't know. But I just find it so funny. Like, I mean, Joe Don Baker, an established, very serious actor, who plays it completely straight. His role is this like grizzled detective, Dick Harbinger, uh, and he he walks into this madhouse as 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 a guy who's not slept for thirteen years. <laughs> Which again, it's, it's just full of those great one-liners. Like, yeah, when he says, "I haven't slept since uh, they were murdered by the lawnmower killer." And, and the other cop says, you've not slept in 13 years? And, and Joe Don Baker just turns to him and goes, I'm 31 years old, Chief, you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the best joke of all, the best joke of all is George Kennedy's character, who is uh, a doctor, but a very bad doctor, uh, who kills people every day. Uh, and there's just a great scene where him and his wife are inhaling laughing gas. Uh, and she says, you know, in all the time we've been married, you've never told me what is your first name? And he says, my first name's Doctor. I haven't got a degree in anything. <laughs> Which is great. And on the credits, he's credited as Mr. Dr. Graves. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> you really it's love just this. Brilliant. I love it. It's such a funny film. <laughs> So what did you all think? You all loved it, right? Okay, you loved. I will. I can, sorry. Can I just say there are some good jokes in it? And George Kennedy, when when George Kennedy says "No time for breakfast," I've got a hysterectomy, hysterectomy at nine. That's quite funny, <laughs> especially when later on you see him in surgery and he's just given a male patient a hysterectomy. Okay, that works. Or or when he's being accused of being the the killer and. Um, his wife says, Mary, your father's a doctor. He, he kills people, people every day. day. <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, and I'm just looking through for any other funny bits. No! <laughs> um, I like the talking elephant. Also, isn't it weird? Now, I, is this, I can't decide if it's funny or not that his character 
repeatedly pervs <laughs> on his teenage daughters. Oh, I don't yeah. like that. That's, uh, That's just it's, gross. Is it no. funny? I can't decide. It, I mean, it's obviously not in the sense that this is, uh, and uh, you know, I mean, incest jokes are not not that funny. Uh, like jokes that imply he is uh, fiddling with these children, uh, not funny. But George Kennedy falling out of a window and being accused of spying on his daughters and saying, oh, just mowing the lawn. I mean, come on, that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever put the end credits together obviously thought that was a great joke because you actually get an audio of that at the end of the credits. You do. So you have to go, I was just mowing the lawn. Oh, sure, Daddy, that's what you always say. Some of the jokes hit home. I think um, a few months ago, because I randomly this one, t- this is one of these films that you imagine would be quite difficult to get hold of, except Amazon Prime have it as one of their it's one of their free movies for some reason. So I first saw it's it a couple of months timeless. ago and kind of made it um, a timeless. Yes, okay. Um, it was, um, <laughs> and I made it sort of a highlight and sort of a low light at the same time because I quite like it, but it makes me feel a bit grubby, and I don't know why. Well, I do know why. But yeah, I mean, it's pretty gross. Um, it's definitely not uh, one to watch if you're easily offended. Uh, no. And I and I and I say that with sympathy for people who would find it offensive because I think they're probably in the right but there's something <laughs> broken inside me and I um... find this a lot less offensive than the first two scary movies though which is weird okay. I I watched um I I I don't feel like I mean oh god almighty I thought it, I mean I thought, it, I thought it was terrible, but like, <laughs> I, thought it was so, I thought it was so awful, just so, so terrible, but I really wanted to like it so much, I really wanted, because it's the sort of thing that I do like, I do like, and I enjoyed Full Moon High, which is a similar sort of thing, yeah. Um uh, I watched it on YouTube, which was the worst. I mean, have you seen the YouTube? The version of it's on YouTube. No. You oh, it's not. No. Doesn't look great on Prime. You can't see anything. Yeah, uh, it's very, so very, a lot of, very dark. An awful lot of those sight gags were lost on There's, me. There's uh, not lots. Whereas, of... whereas CJ, of course, has the special edition Blu-ray, <laughs> Super but, yeah, Blu-ray. especially especially produced. Uh, I, mean, I, I, I have the DVD right here. Is uh, it a beautiful <laughs> restoration with all the colour restoration? Uh, it's not actually. It is It is copied directly from the Avatar VHS version, which I also have, uh, and it's exactly the same print. So I don't think there's ever been a better than VHS quality copy of Wacko, unfortunately, but that sort of adds to the charm. It's It's grimy. No, it's just shit. It's just shit. It's not grimy. Oh. Uh, hang on, hang on. It's I think so bad, I think I, CJ. I heard, I heard Bri- Bryony's bad to defend it here. I think she's in my. No. Right. no. Uh, do you know? Again, I wanted to like it, uh, and there were moments like the dinner table thing where Norman Bates brings his mum to dinner. That's that's funny. That's that was yeah. funny, but then the rest of it. No, it is completely frenetic, isn't it? It is like it does seem like a scattergun approach. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. jokes, Ooh. just going everywhere. In a sort of aeroplane sort of style, really. Um, except none of them work. Except none of them work, yeah. Yeah, when when um, Tony in the canteen, in the school canteen eats some pea soup, yes. and then his head spins around and he picks, he picks it out. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense, Tony's does it? Tony's been at the pea soup again. But they also, explain yeah. it. It doesn't make any sense, does it? It doesn't work because it's, it's, it's random. But that- but, but also, there's not enough pea soup to justify it. He doesn't throw it enough. True. It's just like the shittest amount, and it's like, but, but okay, that's, that, that's fine. And Reagan, no, in, Reagan in the Exorcist doesn't puke 
pea soup because she's just eaten some pea soup. <laughs> oh, <laughs> ah, oh ah, God. This is how this film makes me feel. I hate you. Um, oh, man. I had the final fucking scene is George Kennedy getting a custard pie in his face. <laughs> it's not funny. That's classic. That's classic humour. To be fair, that is, um, that is genuinely how Dr. Strangelove was going to end. Did you know that? <laughs> it was going to be a big custard mm. pie fight. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, it's got, it's got his fingerprints all over this subgenre. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sad that we never got the Kubrick spoof that that we clearly were were due. Yeah. He could he could have done uh, like pies wide shut. Hey. hey. Oh dear. And that's right. all we need well, to know. I think, I think that <laughs> is what we've learned this episode. <laughs> Amazing. Time to get serious, guys. Uh, this month you're playing not just for glory, because the winning team will get to pick one of next month's features. So, Ooh. have you got your buzzers ready? Yeah. Uh, scissors? Scissors would... <laughs> <Does this do? laughs> I watched, um, I watched uh, Noel Gallagher the other day, so I'm, I'm up for the scissors spin. <laughs> I watched High Flying Birds at the big weekend, so I'm going for the scissors. Oh and Emily, what's yours? Uh, it's a pipe glass and either a new cigarette or a finger. Oh yeah, I hear it, I hear it, cool. Right, so here's your first pair of scary noises. Oh, look at me, I'm all dead. I'm a gross, scary, severed head. Come- that was Emily's pint glass. Uh, the audio is scary movie, first one. Yes, it is. Ah, that's what I was going to go for. Uh, did you get the music? No. All right, so CJ and Bryony, here's the music for you to identify. Oh, look at me. I'm all dead. I'm a roaster, severed head. Come on, please. Do you know who I am? I'm Miss Teen. You're really giving me a headache. And you got blood all over my Gucci sweater. I hope you're going to pay for that. Ah! I will No. It sounds a bit John Carpentry. But, um, mm. I don't um, think it is. Yeah, I can see why you say that. No. Nah. No? It was Fright Night. Uh, but quite a difficult one, though. All right, uh, the second one. It was completely unnecessary to kill that man. He was really nice. She was so... <laughs> Bryony. Um, the, the vocal... The vocal? The talking. <laughs> the wordy words. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a really long month. I'm so tired. Uh, the words are from Prevenge. Yes, well done. I don't know the music. Uh, and did you get the music? No. Is CJ Brownie? Is it Full Moon High? Yeah, it's Full Moon High. <laughs> Emily and Phil, can you get this music? It was completely unnecessary to kill that man. He was really nice. He was a sop. A hipster sop. <laughs> sacrifices I've had to make. What sacrifices? Children these days are really spoiled. Like, Mummy, I want yeah. a PlayStation. Mummy, I want you to kill that man. I don't want a new. I know you don't want a new daddy. It's a fr- it's a uh, it's a Nightmare on Elm Street film, isn't it? Isn't it? No. Oh bollocks. <laughs> no, it was Bloodbath at the House House of Death. Oh. Mm. Okay, uh, is the third one. Women in cages. See them in action. See them in love. See them in terror. White skin on the black. Well, is the music what we do in the shadows? No. Ugh, so shit at this game. 
How about the dialogue? Oh, Any idea? No idea. I think I know the music. Okay, cool. Well, listen to it again. CJ and Bryony, music and dialogue to identify. Women in cages. See them in action. See them in love. See them in terror. White skin on the black market. Soft flesh for hard cash. Women in cages. I'm gonna go get my dick wet. She's got one leg. Oh, oh shoot! Yes, I do know. Uh, the music is Young Frankenstein, and the dialogue yeah. is Planet Terror. Ah, oh, fucking amazing! You got the bonus wow. point for getting both of them. Well done, wow. Brian. That's amazing. Good I work. know, I am. I'm really great. <laughs> mm. That's so rare. I think that's only happened twice before. Oh, you have no idea. Episodes. My ego. Amazing. Right, uh, number four. Tug it. Like, maybe just the one. That's it. Nothing happened. It's a flop. Oh. Yes, oh, right. CJ. Is the dialogue freak out. Yep. And the music. Did you get the music? Ugh, I mean, it just sounded like somebody rustling a plastic bag. So, no, I don't know. The music was like... There's the killer involved. Can, can um, you do it again? Oh, deep breath. Um, no, 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 the other one. Um, it's just, it's, you're, doing, you're doing Suspiria. Yeah, maybe it's Suspiria. Which, is yes, it Suspiria. Suspiria. Is it... Unbelievable. <laughs> Two, three wow. points in a row. Yes. Oh, getting my, getting our ass handed to us. <laughs> oh, shit. No, I didn't I didn't even hear the music. I just heard, I just heard Brian's version of it. I'm just going to play. I'm just going to play that through because it's the funniest bit of freak out. Target. Maybe just the one. That's it. Nothing happened. It's a flop. This has never happened before, right? It worked last night. My little sister couldn't get enough of it. She was tickling it, licking its head. She wore it out. It's a bit of a bummer because I, I really want to aim it at little boys. Uh, so there's current scores with two to go. Oh, CJ and Bryony have seven, oh, and Emily Phil have one. Oh, balls. Oh, God. You can draw level if you if you repeat the uh, glory of the last two rounds. Oh, God. Okay, number five. Have you ever had fantasies of saving a dying tribe? Of protecting them from approaching civilization? Well, an opportunity has come up to turn that fantasy into reality. For those of you who care enough to join us, in two weeks, an untouched jungle in the Peruvian Amazon will be destroyed forever. No. Blank uh, faces all around. I, I could take a guess at the music being unmasked by oh. 25, because it's got a bit of a Chester Dave no. vibe. But, but. <laughs> it's not, no. Uh, the music was from Repossessed uh, during the telethon scene, and uh, the dialogue was from the Green Inferno. Oh. Eli Roth's Green Inferno. And finally... Do you have Transylvanian folklore? No. Do you have this? Phil. Well, the mu- the music's Deliverance, right? Yes. Uh, but I was just so excited to get one right that I didn't even <laughs> listen to anything else. <laughs> uh, Emily, did you get the dialogue? No, sorry. Okay, CJ and Bryony, uh, here you go for the, mu- uh, so for the dialogue. Do you have Transylvanian folklore? No. Do you have the theory and the theology of the evil undead? No. Do you have the vampires of Prague? No. Do you have Nosferatu? Yes, we have Nosferatu. We have Nosferatu today. 
<laughs> and that's the one funny bit in Bryony. It's Dracula Dead and Loving It. It's one of the many, many funny bits in Dracula Dead and Loving It. <laughs> that, that was actually really funny. Uh, that is funny. That was, yeah. <laughs> Do it. Great. <laughs> Smell Brooks. It's not worth it. It's just that one line. Yeah. No one needs to watch the whole thing. That was Scary Noises, and the final scores were CJ and Bryony 8 and Emily and Phil 2. Um, oh. Bullshit. <laughs> Next month's theme has been chosen by Emily. And what have you gone for? Uh, werewolf movies. You certainly have. Um, so you've chosen The Howling. Yes. Um, as one of our features. And CJ and Bryony, you get to choose, as winners of Scary Noises, you get to choose the other one. So what are you going to go for? Have a quick Did we agree on Dog Soldiers? I was, was definitely thinking Dog Soldiers. I'm very yeah. much into dog a soldiers, Dog Soldier right. shout out. So. I'm, on, I'm on that page. Yeah. Neil Marshall's Dog Soldiers. Nice. Okay. Um, hmm. uh, that's us done for this month then. I just want to give a shout out quickly to, when I look it up on my phone, International House of Horrors uh, for leaving a nice message on our Twitter. Um, and they've got a new podcast called International House of Horrors starting soon. But I don't know anything more than that. Anyway, thanks for that. Email us your comments to dx5podcast at gmail.com or leave them on our Facebook page or you can find us on Twitter and Letterboxd if you search for DX5. So, until full moon next month, thanks for listening. Mm.